0: I want to preface these thoughts tonight by admitting that I am a little embarrassed that it has taken me 36 years to learn the lessons that I'm about to share with you, as if the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of my life had not been trying to impress these upon me every single day. I will also preface these thoughts by saying that better late than never is a real thing. And that I am so grateful that in the year of our Lord 2020, in the midst of a global pandemic and a long overdue racial reckoning, that God allowed me to begin to learn these lessons and to embrace them for my life. That being said, I stand before you this evening to share some thoughts on what it means to me to be human. But before I get to those lessons, let me contextualize and share the story of how I stumbled into these understandings. It was a Thursday morning in November 2020. I got up super early that morning before the sunrise so that I could mentally and spiritually prepare for my annual review with my boss and my boss's boss. Soon after I woke up, and got out of bed, I realized quickly that, in the words of my ancestors, my body was racked with pain. So I got up, went to the kitchen, went to the medicine cabinet, and I got some medicine to help to alleviate the discomfort. And I remember the exact moment that I began to feel drowsy from that medication. I remember the exact moment that I decided to forego pulling a shot of espresso as I did have the espresso and the medicine doing too much inside of my body and I remember the exact moment that I late sat down on the couch said to myself let me just sit here while this medicine takes effect and fully intending to wake up in time for my for my annual review but it was some hours later that I finally woke up, sun had fully risen in the sky, and I had long missed my annual review with my boss and my boss's boss. I felt myself immediately come down with a case of panic. I opened my email and I found an email from my boss expressing his concern. And when I called him to explain the events of the morning, I was overwhelmed by his compassion and his grace for the situation. Yet and still, there was something on the inside of me that would let me live it down. There was something on the inside of me that could not let it go. There was something on the inside of me that felt like such a failure. And I continued to feel that way until the next week when I finally made it to my therapy session. And in therapy, I continued to weep and I continued to bemoan my failure, what I felt was a deep sense of failure. And I caught, again, another glimpse of grace in my therapist's eyes right before he said to me, who said that you weren't allowed to make mistakes? You're human, Michelle. And ever since that moment, I have been meditating, I have been praying, I've been thinking, I've been journaling about what it means to me to be human. And I'll share five quick reflections with you. First, you will make mistakes. You will make mistakes. You will drop balls. You will disappoint yourself and others. You will forget deadlines book your schedule. You will say things that you wish that you did not say. You will do things that you wish that you did not do. You will make decisions that feel right in the moment but you may live on years later to regret that very decision. You will stay in situations too long and you will forget the birthdays and the anniversaries and the other special occasions in the lives of the people you love. But when this happens, try your best not to chastise yourself. You may realize immediately that I made a mistake. It may dawn on you years later that I could have done something differently then. But when it happens, try to look at your mistakes as an invitation to simply step back, to retool and to do some things differently in your life. Try to look at them as an opportunity to just see your life from a different perspective, if but just for a moment. And most importantly, look at your mistakes as an opportunity to practice some resilience and some recovery. Yes, we all drop balls from time to time, but what's most important is that you eventually pick the ball up, you get back in the game, and you continue to move forward. So number two, again, We all have limits. Sometimes we take on more than we are able to realistically and actually accomplish. At times we are compelled to commit beyond our physical, emotional, and mental and spiritual capacities. And as I've sat with my own tendency to do this, I realize that somewhere we all believe that we are what we do that we are the sum total of the jobs that we hold and the institutions and the organizations that we are a part of and the boards and the committees that we sit on and the platforms that we preach and that we speak on and how many people follow us on social media and how many people know who we are and this part, the awards and the accolades and the recognitions that we get for the work that we do in the world. But it is also true of our human condition that we hit walls, that we have limits, that we will from time to time hit that wall of exhaustion where we can no longer produce or push ourselves at the same rate that we're used to. It also happens that we hit that wall of frustration and complete annoyance, such as with technology sometimes, where everything and anything just gets under your skin because you're frazzled and you're burnt out and it's time to stop and recalibrate. Yeah, we all hit these limits sometimes. In fact, Grandmaster Flash said it like this, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Uh, It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. I keep from going under. In fact, you want to know how to keep from going under? You want to know how to keep yourself from being pushed beyond your limits? Well, the answer, the antidote is in establishing and enforcing boundaries. Boundaries are those rules and those expectations that we set for ourselves and for others that allow us to preserve our energy and to protect our peace and to create rhythms of rest and restoration in our lives. And anytime you decide that it's time for me to establish and to enforce some boundaries, you are bound to get a range of reactions Some people will respect your boundaries while others reject them. There may even be those who say to themselves, who is she? Who is he? Who are they to actually have a boundary? And in that moment, it is not incumbent upon you to explain or to defend your boundaries. It is only your job to enforce them anyway. Number three, you will need help sometimes. I believe that everything that we are called to is a divine mission, a divine assignment. Every job we hold, the vocation that we live into, the communities that we are a part of, the relationships and the partnerships that we are in, all of them are a divine assignment from God that happened, that exists for a divine reason purpose, and mission. And isn't it just like God to call us to do things and to call us to assignments that are bigger than we can ever accomplish on our own? Think Moses and Aaron, Ruth and Naomi, Jesus and the 12, and now all of us and the Holy Spirit. And in addition to the help of God, you will need capable hands to help you with your work. You will need loving hearts to help you weather the storms that you face in your life. You will need partners and laughter and dancing and frolicking when the joy and the goodness of God are too much for you to hold on to yourself. In fact, as a trained and a practicing womanist, I I could call the role of the black women in my life who have saved me over and over again. I've publicly spoken and written about how sisterhood saves. It has been in my life black women who have spoken my name in rooms and at tables that I could never walk into on my own. They read the pages of my dissertation before I defended it. They listened to my talks and my sermons and my lectures hours before I stood to deliver them. They walked me through the valley of depression and divorce and stood with me on the mountaintop of recovery and even the mountaintop of being called to Spelman College as the dean of the chapel. In the words of the Reverend Dr. Cheryl Townsend Jilks, if it wasn't for the women, I would have never learned that needing help and asking for help and receiving help doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you limited. It doesn't mean that you're any less awesome or amazing or anointed than you really are. In fact, having help and knowing that you've got some people that unequivocally have your back actually enables you to reach farther and dig deeper and make a more indelible impact in the world. There's an African proverb that says that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And it's in the togetherness that we multiply our strength, that we multiply our resources, and we multiply our impact. Number four, rest is a non-negotiable. As I think back to that morning that I missed my annual review, I have to be honest and I have to admit that I overslept partially because of the medication, but more importantly because I was exhausted. I was up the night before until about 8, 8.30 on Zoom with some students, and I didn't make it to bed until much later. And as I have processed these events, I remembered the words of my mother who, when I was in college, told me very succinctly that if you don't give your body what it needs, your body will take what it needs. Yes, these bodies of ours are brilliant, and they have a mind of their own. And if we do not give our bodies the rest and the nourishment that they need, our bodies have a way of laying us down. And now I want to say a special word to my people, to black people in the United States and throughout the diaspora. We are the posterity of a people who never had the luxury of being able to rest when they were weary. And every single day they reckoned with an abject sort of evil that reduced them from humans to machines. Trisha Hersey, the Bishop of the Nap Ministry, famously writes that rest is a form of resistance because it disrupts white supremacy and capitalism. Yes, we have these amazing strong wills and seemingly unbreakable work ethics inside of our DNA. But, oh, my people, we are most worthy of the rest and the restoration that God promises us, particularly in Psalm 23, where the psalmist paints a picture of what restoration can look like. And I wonder today, what would it mean for us to actually follow God as God leads us beside still waters? What would it look like for us to actually do the things that restore our souls for God's name's sake? And what would it feel like if we actually lie down in those green pastures and took us some really good naps? What would it look like What would it feel like? What kind of world could we create if we moved through the world and we ministered to the world from a place of restfulness rather than a place of weariness? What would it mean for us to give to our communities out of our overflow and not just out of the leftovers? Rest is a non-negotiable. Finally, take it easy on yourself. Now here, I wanna take us back to the beginning. Not to that Thursday where I dropped the ball on my annual review, but on the following Wednesday when I was sitting in therapy. I will literally never forget the word that my therapist spoke to me when he said, who told you that you weren't allowed to make mistakes? You're human, Nichelle. And then he said, take it easy on yourself, doc. And isn't it just like us? Isn't it often our default? that when we make mistakes or when we feel as if we failed, that, oh, cue the self-deprecating scripts that we play over and over again. Cue the broken records that we play over and over again about what a failure we are and how we're not good at our jobs and the sweeping character judgments and personality assessments that we make after making one simple mistake. Oh, what would it look like if when we needed it the most, we extended to ourselves the grace, the love, and the compassion that we really need. What would it feel like to us to extend to ourselves the same grace that God gives us every single day, and certainly the same grace that we are so quick to give to everybody else except for ourselves? don't know what it'll look like for you, but I've been practicing crying it out and praying it out and even shouting it out and writing it out in my journal. Maybe for you, it looks like taking that long hot bath or indulging in that sweet, super rich dessert or slowly brewing, slowly pouring that cup of specialty coffee from your favorite origin and doing all of these things when you feel that you are least deserving of them. When we are kind to ourselves, when we are easy on ourselves, we create room for God to move in our lives. And we also create space for grace and growth to show up. Speaking of grace, let me wrap this up. Yes, we have these limitations Yes, we have these challenges that all come part and parcel with what it means to be human. But to be human also means that we are gifted, that we are endowed, that God bestows upon us a special ability to be able to perceive when the miraculous is happening right before our eyes. The miraculous is what happens when God looks at God's children and sees my children have done everything that's in their power to do. The miraculous is what happens when the work gets done despite the exhaustion. The miraculous is what happens when you're worried about having enough, but the, the provision of God makes there be enough, more than enough, to go around. The miraculous is what happens when one door closes and another one really opens. The miraculous is what happens when ways are made where we could not previously even imagine how is this going to get done, a way out of no way. If we were back in my home church, my youth pastor used to say it like this. It's what happens when our natural meets up with God's super and the supernatural occurs. The supernatural occurs daily because we are in a constant dance with all of creation. And this is not a dance that requires that we push, that we force, and most certainly that we break anything. This is a dance that simply requires us to show up and shake something, show up and move something, show up and do what we can do and give what we've got and step back and perceive when the miraculous when the glory of God is revealed to us, in us, through us, and around us, even with these human eyes. Thank you.